So I meet this boy, he's fine. He's telling me all the things that girls want to hear because what we learn growing up in the church, and this is not to throw any church under the building. I don't know what y'all teaching here. I don't know. I'm just going to tell my story about what I feel was missed as I was growing up, as I was watching people get married and have babies and I'm hearing the word and I'm, I'm you know, people are putting that in my ear. The message about getting married and having kids was stronger than any other message for women. And so when he's selling me the dream of, girl, you know, I love you, girl, you know, at that time, I think I was 32, y'all, my math is off. How old was I in 2015? If I'm about to be 38 this year, I don't know. <laughs> but that's how old I was. So here was the first red flag that I passed up. Because we're talking about holes to wholeness, right? Come on. And see, people come into your life to show you who you actually are, not who you pretend to be or who you think you are. I said, how did you wake up this morning? <laughs> What's up, girl? My name is Rika, and thank you so much for listening to Single You, the podcast. Whether you've been listening for a while or you just stumbled upon me. Hello, I am a certified NLP life coach. Now, NLP, let's get nerdy for a second. It's Neuro Linguistic Programming. You can Google the rest of that if you want to know the rest of the nerdy stuff, okay? So I'm certified in that area, a.k.a. the single girl's life coach. I am a self-love coach and a boundaries coach. Listen, I got that boundaries and that self-love on lock, okay? <laughs> All right, so I am your host and also the founder of this podcast and Single You Academy, which is my online coaching program, community, and resource for single women. Now, before we get into the episode, let me just put a little disclaimer out there. All right. I am not a licensed therapist, so I am not to replace a therapist. But I will say this a lot of my clients, they have me as their coach, and then they also have a therapist because it is my job to hold you accountable to the things that you say that you want. So if you want to stop tying your worth and identity to men and stop being a man pleaser, you need help on that self-love and boundaries area, then I would be the coach for you. And maybe one day that coaching relationship with you and I, yeah, it's just me and you right here, hey, <laughs> will happen one day. You can always reach out to me. My Instagram is open to you. On Instagram, I am just me, Rika. And of course, I will put my name in the show notes. All right, that's it. I'm your host, Rika, and let's get into the episode. This is Single You, the podcast. Okay, y'all not gonna laugh at my seltzer water um, because I get thirsty. And when I'm talking and the, the fuzzy, it helps the fizzy, right? Yep. yep. So, okay, I'm going to give you a quote a statistic, okay, it's a number. 10 million Americans every year will experience emotional or physical abuse. Every year, 10 million. And we know most of that number is women, right? And I know why. I know why that number is so high. But before we get into that, yes, my name is Rika, thank you, Day. Uh, you guys may know me as Rosalind and Ricky's daughter. I get that all the time. <laughs> Been here for the past seven years. 
oh my God, you're Ricky's look at you. You don't grew up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, y'all, I'm about to be 38 in June. <laughs> June 29th is my birthday. I will be 38. You also may know me as Virgie Robinson's granddaughter. And so it's been fun the past seven, eight years living in the backyard of a school named after my grandmother and honestly hearing stories about her because when I was 10, she got sick. So I don't have a lot of memories, but hearing them from you has been amazing. That's been great. You may also know me because, well, I used to do this little morning show on a station called Power 99.1. And for the past seven years, um, I did that. In fact, when I walked in, <laughs> uh, thank you for saying you used to listen to me uh, every morning. And that was fun. And that's what I wanted to do. That's what I thought I was going to do the rest of my life at Howard University. I started in radio and I was like, this is great. It's amazing. I'm doing this for the rest of my life until 2017. And that's when I felt the call for God, from God, for me to go a little bit higher. Come on, come on. God was like, babe, girl, we done talking about the Kardashians. Right. I know that I gave you the gift of gab <laughs> and I have helped you hone that for the past 17 years or so. But let's go a little bit higher. Come on, come on. A little bit higher. Good. Job, Good. Okay. So again, that number, 10 million Americans, unfortunately, will experience emotional or physical abuse every year, and I know why. Because from the years 2015 to 2017, I was part of that number, unfortunately. So even though, again, having the great two-parent household and growing up in a Christian household and having a grandmother who's amazing, despite all of that, between the years of 2015 and 2017, I was part of that number. I lost my mind, y'all. I thought I was smart. <laughs> like, I, I even remember being in that relationship, like, how is this happening to me? I went to Howard. Like, I'm parents. What happened? Oh, you're going to hear what happened through the story that I'm about to tell you. And if you see me looking at my watch, don't, I don't want you to think, oh, I'm getting, I want to leave. I'm just timing myself. Pamela said I got about 40 minutes. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this little boyfriend. <sighs> and then he was fine. He was fine. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't me. <laughs> and unfortunately, that is one of the reasons why I stayed longer than I should have, right? So I meet this boy, he's fine. He's telling me all the things that girls want to hear because what we learn growing up in the church, and this is not to throw any church under the building. I don't know what y'all teaching here. I don't know. I'm just going to tell my story about what I feel was missed as I was growing up, as I was watching people get married and have babies and I'm hearing the word and I'm, I'm you know, people are putting that in my ear. The message about getting married and having kids was stronger than any other message for women. And so when he's selling me the dream of, girl, you know, I love you, girl, you know. At that time, I think I was 32, y'all, my math is off. How old was I in 2015? If I'm about to be 38 this year, I don't know. <laughs> but that's how old I was. So here was the first red flag that I passed up. Cause we're talking about holes to wholeness, right? And see, people come into your life to show you who you actually are, not who you pretend to be or who you think you are. 
And so let me tell you about some of these holes, right? Okay, so first red flags. I'm dating this dude. First two weeks of dating him, I remember he said, yo, you know what? I I think I'm falling in love with you. And I said, because I'm not really the emotional person. I'm not, I don't walk around. I, well, I do now. But before, I was not the girl who would be like, oh, my God, I love you. Like, I just wasn't a girly girl. I'm not pink inside. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not. <laughs> I was raised by men. So uh, my dad and my brothers and all my boy cousins and all that. So I don't, I don't have pink inside. So I remember looking at him and saying, we don't have to say that now, do we? Like, we, don't, we don't have to say that. Because I was thinking it's only been two weeks. Like, what? why would we say that? Right. And do you know this baby got so angry and left my house in my car because he was mad because I didn't say I love you at the time that he thought that I should say it. Okay. But let me tell you what I thought. Oh my God, that's so cute. He's mad because I didn't say I love him. Oh my God, he loves me. (laughs) So cute. I mean, again, I look at this girl that I was in 2015 and the girl that I am now, and I just want to shake her. But I am proud of her because she got me to where I am today. So I thought that was super cute. Again, this is a whole because the Bible say, be slow to anger. And so, listen, I know girls have their list about the man they want, and I used to have it too. My list is a lot different now, but back then it used to be like, I want him to be six feet, six pack, six figures, blah, blah, blah. But now on the top of my list is be slow to anger. That's on the top of my list. I'm not playing that no more. But anyway, so I thought that was cute. Whoop, whoop, whoop. That was my first red flag that I should have passed up. But here's the problem. Nobody is having conversations about what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship. Nobody. And again, this isn't to throw anybody under the bus, especially you baby boomers. Y'all didn't have these conversations. You didn't have the freedom that us millennials have today. So I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. I'm just telling my story. Can I tell my truth? Is that okay? Tell it. When you're in church, you're not hearing these things. Okay, baby girl, this is narcissism. This is projection. These are what these things are. Because all I heard growing up is, girl, if he's crazy, you just leave. Okay, well, how do we define crazy? Because it's not somebody, it doesn't start with somebody punching you in the face. It doesn't. So how are we supposed to know? So anyway, so I passed up that red flag and that was, yeah. Uh, (laughs) So then obviously this was him doing this manipulation game that narcissism do. And I thought it was cute and okay, let's play the game because I need to be married and have kids so people can stop asking me at the barbecue. The number, there's two questions that everybody asks single women, where your man at? When you gonna have kids? So I'm thinking, okay, well now, I think I was 32. Who did the math? Somebody help. Um, at that time, I was like, oh God, I am not my mom. So I need to hurry up. So I got to make this work. So I'm going to try to put this little square peg in a, in a round hole. Because I have to make this work. Because I didn't get the goal in life that they told me that you're supposed to do if you want to be a good Christian. Because it's not good for a man to be alone. Baby girl, it's not about a romantic relationship. Yes, we need community, but you don't need a man. I didn't know that. So let's cut to with his narcissistic behavior and his manipulation and him taking out his traumas out on me. And I felt bad for him because he didn't have a childhood like I had. And you know, we women, we're nurturers. So you're like, oh my God, I can heal him. That's so cute. I could, I could totally, I got this. What am I, God? 
So I feel bad for him. So I'm staying in this relationship. And there was a moment in time where the, the thread throughout our whole relationship is he would always tell me that I was sneaky and that I was a cheater. And he didn't like how I maneuvered through life because I didn't answer my phone when numbers that I don't know call me. That was sneaky to him. I had male friends that was sneaky to him. So there was one moment in our relationship that he asked me to give up my friends for him. Well, if you love me, you know what I'm saying? I just feel like, you know, you shouldn't have male friends. Like, would you need another man friend? What Man friends, what is that? So I did it. I remember calling my friend Scott, who I've known since Howard University. He lives in Philly. What were we doing? <laughs> like, why, how could I cheat on you when he lives in Philly and I'm over here in Tri-Cities? But back then I wasn't thinking logical. I was letting a man fill the holes that were in me because I was trying to get this goal that I felt I was told that I had to get to be a good Christian woman. So I'm letting this man fill my hole and be my mirror because I thought, this is what I thought, okay, let me tell you. I thought that people get to tell you who you are because I can't see myself. Like I can't, I can't, I literally can't, I can, I can see my hands, feet, but I thought, okay, well, I'm coming off this way. So maybe I am this way. So maybe I am this person because he's telling me that. And truth be told, I had heard that. I had heard things my whole childhood that you're too much. We could be quiet. We could go sit out in the hallway. We could go to the principal's office. Rika, I'm gonna call your mama. We could shut up. We could this, we could that, we could da, da, da. <laughs> So when I heard that from my teachers, and again, not throwing them under the bus, they didn't know, I probably didn't talk too much, my bad. But now to my teachers, I'll be like, and now I get paid to talk. (laughs) 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 So I was hearing this my whole life. Ricky, you're too much. So little did I know that my whole life, I was trying to conform. I was trying to be my mom. I was trying to be, trying to be, trying to be everything than what God called me to be. Because I didn't know at that time that my relationship with God is the most important relationship that I'm supposed to have. I didn't know, and how, I didn't even know how. Of course, I grew up in church. I was a pew kid. I was in church on Wednesdays. My dad played in the choir. I, you know, Bible study and blah, blah, blah. But these things, we hear the scriptures, but nobody explains to us how to apply it to life. It's just fables. It's just so when you're 12 and you're 15, you don't know what that stuff means. Like, okay, God is good. Okay. Great. So I remember calling my friend and I was like, and this was in front of this narcissistic, manipulative, abusive ex. Because he said, Well, if you love me, then you will do this. And I thought, okay. Cause I have to prove my love to people. So, okay, cool. Oh, I can, I can, I can do, yes, I think I can do that. In the midst of like, uh, Scott, so, uh, he said, I can't be friends with you anymore because uh, he's uncomfortable. T.D. Jake said this once, I never met a man who liked himself that beat his wife. See, I didn't know then that this man did not like himself. He was super insecure and he was taking out 
his traumas on me. But I'm like, but I have to get married and it has to be him because I don't want to find another one. I'm already 32. So yeah, I call my friend Scott. Scott, we can't be friends. He understood. He was like, okay, I guess I won't be calling you anymore. Like he was so confused. He had no, he was like, what is happening in the world right now? But he was scared for my safety, so he was just like, whatever. And this is what manipulators do. They make you feel bad for them. So then you'll tap dance. And now I know, again, that I need to leave the changing of people up to God instead of feeling like it's my duty to change you. It's my duty to help you. But as Christians, especially women, because we have this nurturer side in us, I think we get confused about what is the definition of forgiveness. Now I have this saying all the time, baby girl, forgiveness does not mean stay. It does, right. We don't have to do that. No, we don't. Right. I refuse okay. to believe that God put me on this earth to suffer for one of his sons. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. Ain't that, God already suffered for us, right? So what? Right. Girl, again, I'll be looking at the girl I was in 2015 like, baby girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, we talk about holes to wholeness, right? Holes to wholeness. That's what we're talking about. So then I did that, and then there was another time. <laughs> Again, the things that I thought that I had to do to show somebody that I loved them. Okay, so this time, and maybe some of y'all remember this conversation I was having on the radio. It was with Gunner at the time. And um, we were talking about, do you have to give up things that your ex gave you when you're in a new relationship, right? And I remember saying, cause somebody called in and was like, well, I have this something or whatever she had. And do I have to give it up because my boyfriend says that I shouldn't be keeping things from my ex, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh girl, please. I still got Michael Kors purses my ex gave me. And my narcissistic ex heard that and my phone blew up. That's disrespectful. You embarrassed me in front of everybody. First of all, boo-boo, don't nobody know who you are. You wasn't on the radio. I didn't say your name. Stop it. <laughs> but again, I didn't know. I was like, oh, my God, I messed up. Oh, oh my God. So, of course, that was an argument for about a week. And he was like, well, if you love me, you get rid of them Michael Kors purses anyway. I know, girl. <laughs> so I said, oh. <laughs> listen, listen, <laughs> listen. And I'm still looking for this cute. It was about this big, this little red one I had. It was so cute. And I'm like, I want it back. I want it back. <sighs> so, of course, I was like, I mean, because this is the logic that we put. We're like, well, it's not a big deal. It's just a purse. Okay, whatever. When it's not about the purse, it's about him manipulating you to do something to prove that you love him. So um, I got rid of the purses. Somebody at the Goodwill in Kent, Washington was really happy that week. <laughs> I loved that person. It's not like I was looking at that person thinking of my ex. Like I was just like, hey, Michael Kors. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, the things that I did. But again, we're talking about going from holes to wholeness, right? So I'm just shape shifting, shape shifting. 
there we go, <laughs> and morphing into who he wanted me to be because I needed to get married and I needed to have kids because the Bible said it's not good for man to be alone. And oh my God, I want God to love me. And if it's not good for man to be alone, if I'm alone, then I'm not good. Is that what that means? For anybody wondering, no, that's not what it means. I just, everybody good on that? Okay, all right, cool. I'll just make sure, okay. <laughs> and if we do need to type, if you're embarrassed to say you don't know what it means, we could talk later, because I needed this talk too, okay? So if you don't know what it means, we can talk after this. <laughs> so anyway, so I give away those purses, and it wasn't enough, because the thing about manipulators and people who love to tell you how to be, it's never enough. You can never be what they want you to be enough for them. It doesn't work that way. And I'm thinking, well, if I could just be a better woman, if I was good enough, then he'll be better. Me being good, because the Bible also talks about, okay, love thy neighbor as thyself. And I think that my warped mind, because the devil was in there, made me think that meant, oh, if I give Sarah the type of love that I want, then she will give it back to me. That's how it works. Nope, that's not how any of this works, boo-boo. Wake up. It's not how it works. You treating people the way you want it to be treated is for you because that's how jesus wants you to act whatever they do with that is on them but that's not going to change anybody leave the changing of people up to god that is a lesson that i learned Good. but again when we're hearing the scriptures and we're little and nobody's like okay so this is what this means and this is how you apply it to real life I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. I didn't know. So, he lived in Atlanta. <clears throat> and I went to visit him, and this is towards the end of our relationship. And every time, <laughs> I'm looking back in retrospect now, because of course I didn't know this at the time, and Joyce Meyer says, life can only be lived forward and understood backwards. So when I would go to Atlanta, now that I'm looking back at it, I have best friends, in, like literal best friends. I went to Howard with them. Do you know I would never call them? Because I didn't want them to see what I was going through. I didn't want them to see them because I thought that I, let me just clean them up a little bit, I'll fix them, and then I'll bring them around. Because I can do this, I'm Wonder Woman. Again, I look back at that girl and be like, girl, <laughs> So you thought it was God. That's so cute. <laughs> That's really cute. Uh-uh. Leave the changing of people up to God. Y'all better write that down. Put that on your mirror. Changing the people to God. That's right. It's not my job to change people. It's my job to love them. And love does not mean that I have to be physically with you. Right. In fact, sometimes I think me loving you is me like just walking away. <laughs> so I don't have to cuss you out because <laughs> we might get to fist the cuffs in a minute. Right. So the, my loving of you is going, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't for me. Right. And that's what guarding your heart means. But, you know, because wasn't that Paul warning the preachers and them to be careful who you are speaking to? If it's not landing on ears that want to hear it and that's what guard your heart means and love does not mean again that i need to be physically with you okay so i go to atlanta boom he had a job at that time which by the way he never really had a job so i was like i got it i got a job 
I ain't got no kids and I'm gonna take care of it. I just listen. Okay. We're talking about going from wholeness to wholeness, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll just make sure. <laughs> oh man, okay, so I go to Atlanta and um, he worked at this club. He was a security guard. And I remember, again, I wasn't visiting my friends, so I was like, okay, it's either sit in his little apartment or go to the club and hang out and be a good girlfriend and support. So we get to the club and in the car, he's like, okay, yes. Yeah. So um, when we get in here, I'm gonna have you like sit at the bar and I'm gonna watch men like hit on you and I wanna see how you turn them down. <laughs> and I did it. Look, Pamela, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought. If I do the things that he wants me to do, he will just become. He will become my dad if I just do these things. So I did it. And by the way, nobody hit on me that night. I don't know if that was God. Thank you. I'm like, wait a minute, am I not cute? Wait, hold on. Because again, remember, the whole thread through our relationship is him always saying, oh, you're a cheater, you're sneaky, I can't trust you. My ex-girlfriend, my baby mama, she used to cheat on me all the time. So I felt bad. Like, well, I'm going to be the girl that don't cheat. Knowing I ain't never cheated on nobody in my whole entire natural life. But I was letting this man call me everything under the sun but a child of God. Speaking of being a child of God, because he is, he did know the Bible very well. And I remember one time he told me, <clears throat> well, you know, good company corrupts bad or Good company, <laughs> bad company corrupts good character. There we go, twist it. Bad company corrupts good character. And he was looking at me like I was corrupting him. I was like, what? I'm the bad person. Like, I want you to know through this whole relationship, it was a lot of confusion. I wasn't just going along and not having the thoughts of what is happening? What is this? Is this relationships? I don't know. Because again, listen, the devil is the author of confusion, right? God is not the author of confusion. So to me, that means the devil is. And man, did he play that confusion game on me? Because again, nobody sat me down and had a conversation with me about what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy. What is healthy hard? Because married people always say, oh my God, marriage is so hard. So does that mean he can hit me? Does that mean he can manipulate? What does that, I need to know. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? So anyway, I did it. And uh, of course, he wasn't happy about that. And then shortly after that, he actually um, <laughs> broke up with me. I remember being in Atlanta. We were in the car. He was like, yeah, so, you know, I just can't trust you. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is how men talk to me. Especially like narcissistic men. They always like this. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Just, okay, so he literally said to me, so yeah, this ain't gonna work out, you know what I'm saying? Because I just can't trust you, so. And when I tell you, I knew that I was supposed to break up with him. God had told me, this baby girl, that's not the man I have for you. It's not that we, we uh, could you move after, oh, dang it, she ain't gonna move. So let me just make him do it, and he did it. Does he wanna do it? Because God said, I got other plans for you. 
and watch me turn this around. So he broke up with me and I promise you in that moment, I heard God say, I will use this story. And I broke down in tears and it wasn't because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to miss him. It was like a freedom. Amen. I was like, oh, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Like, I'm crying. I'm in Atlanta. I'm not home. I remember changing my ticket that night. I was like, cool, take me to the airport. Because that's when I got bold. I was like, oh, thank God. All right. So um, you're a piece of, and I'm going home. And when I heard God say that, I was like, no, uh-uh, God, we're not, I'm not, we're not, what? You're going to use my story. I ain't telling nobody what I just been through. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I am a Robinson. Right. What? <laughs> so I did. I got home and I remember walking into my house, dropping my luggage. And I said, what the, I ain't going to cuss me on church, was that? And I went on a journey to start forgiving the woman I was in that relationship because I wasn't the woman I thought I was. So those are the holes. Let's talk about the wholeness, okay? All right, healing journey. <laughs> okay, so from like, that was in June of 2017 to like September 2017, I was still in the I hate myself situation. I couldn't believe that I went through this. Mind you, I'm going through all of these emotions. I didn't tell anybody except for Fabian because he was my co-host at that time on the radio. And I had to wake up every day at 430 and act like everything was all good. Okay, let's talk about the Kardashians. Okay, so they have another baby named North. Oh my God. Because I wasn't going to tell anybody and I was going through so much. Shame took over. All of that. Woo, man, I was, I was in it. And I dove face first, tears first, arms first into the Bible. Because I was like, God, I know what I just went through is not what you wanted for me. So I got to figure out this relationship with you and I because I don't know where I went wrong. What is that? Why would I do that? Why? 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 I kept asking myself why. And there was one scripture that I read. It was 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8, where Paul says, widows and singles, it is better to be single. It is better to not marry like I have. And I picked up my Bible and I threw it across the room. God forgive me. Because I was pissed. I was angry because nobody told me that. Nobody ever showed me that scripture in the Bible that you need to focus on your single season. You have a purpose on this earth and it is not to just be married. You are not less than because you don't have kids and you're not married. You are still worthy regardless of your relationship status. And stop walking around here thinking singleness is a punishment like it's some curse. Oh my God, a man didn't pick me, good. I was angry. And then that turned into, okay, well, I got more questions, God, right? And I was like, what I need to do right now is I'm going to go on a solo trip. So I don't know if anybody's seen that movie, Eat, Pray, Love. Okay, yes, that is my movie. I've been, that is my movie, okay? It's about this white lady. She go for a year on this excursion because she got a lot of money and she just got a divorce and she wanted to figure out her life. But I was like, well, I'm not a, lot, I'm not a white lady and I'm not rich, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to Mexico for 10 days by myself to hear my voice and God's voice, because who am I? 
because I let for two years somebody tell me who I was and that wasn't it. I was like, I'm not, I don't know what that girl, I don't know who, what he saw in me, but I am not her. Right. So I went to Mexico for 10 days, Christmas of 2017, and everybody was like, oh my God, you're going by yourself. They're going to kill you. You're a girl. Like, what? Blah, blah, blah. Everybody was scared. And that was the moment I disconnected from y'all's voice. That was that moment. And I said, no, I'm going. I don't care if they kill me. Oh, well, guess where I'm going. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. <laughs> so I sat on the beach in Mexico with my little journal and I brought two books cause I was like, well, what am I gonna do by myself though? Like I wanna go, but I was like, maybe I'll read. And there were two books that I brought with myself. It was Purpose Driven Life by Pastor Rick Warren, Gabrielle Union's We're Gonna Need More Wine. In fact, I bought that book in the airport because she was doing her book tour. And I was like, I love Gabby, let's read it. And there were three questions that I asked myself. Who am I? Who does God say I am? And how am I showing up in this world from now on? From hence now and forevermore. And I started answering those questions. And as I was reading Pastor Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life, in that book, he talks about your greatest shame will be the thing that heals others. And I was like, oh. God said he was gonna use my story. I didn't wanna use it. But now I feel like he's talking to me. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's the truth. That's really the truth. And then I was reading Gabrielle Union's book, We're Gonna Need More Wine, and she had the same story. Two-parent household, nobody talked to her about healthy versus unhealthy. She was abused physically as well before Dwayne Wade. And I said, does Gabrielle know me? Because this is this about me or her? I'm so confused. Like, does she know me? And I started having these thoughts and God was like, that's what I want you to do for other women in your circle of influence. Because I felt seen through Gabrielle Union's book. And God was like, I need you to have other women in your sphere of influence seen, other single women seen because of your story. And they will be healed and snatched up out of that dysfunction if you share your story. So I was like, dang it. I wouldn't tell nobody I'm gonna do this. <laughs> so anyway, I get back, <clears throat> and that's when it started. And I started blogging about what I went through, and I started talking about it on the radio because I didn't know how I was gonna do it. at that time. I wasn't like I'm gonna be a coach. Like I didn't. I, what was a coach? I didn't know. I, I knew a, there was a basketball coach, a soccer coach. I didn't know there were things called life coaches. But when I started sharing, I noticed the relationship with my listeners, especially the single women, changed. And I started getting these messages like, Rika, you shared this, and I left this guy. And there was this one message, and it's still it's on my vision board today. And she said, Rika, because you shared your story, the day that my boyfriend beat me to where he broke my ribs and I was in the hospital, I said, what would Rika do? And I left him that day and I've never looked back. And that girl today, she's my Facebook friend. We're what, four, how long? Somebody do the math from 2017 to now. <laughs> and really early 2018, because when I got back Christmas. And she's still not, she's done, she, she left. So she was serious because of what I said. I was like, I have to do that, what? 
oh my God, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. Amen. I said, if my story can make you leave, because I used to think I wasn't abused because nobody ever hit me. And we think that that's the only abuse. And that's what they told you, girl, if he hit you, you just leave. Okay, well, he didn't hit me though, so do I leave now or? In fact, I remember saying something and Dave was in the room and I was saying, oh yeah, but I don't feel like I was abused. And Dave was like, yes, you were. <laughs> she said, don't let that, don't, mm -mm. you were. And it's not to like claim it or anything. It's just to know what I went through was serious. That was serious. And so as I started developing my program and understanding that singleness was not a punishment and that I'm worthy regardless of my relationship status and nobody had this conversation with me about what is healthy heart versus dysfunction, I came up with four pillars that I call the four pillars on living a successful single life. Because a lot of us don't think that your single life can be unsuccessful. <laughs> your single life can be trash because you're not focused on the right things. And so, and this is the journey that I went on when I went to Mexico and I did all of my healing and then I got my certification. These are the things that I did because remember, there were three questions that I asked myself, who am I, who does God say I am? How am I gonna show up from now on? So that's pillar number one, you gotta know who you are. And it has to go deeper than my favorite color is blue. What are your triggers? What are your traumas? What did your parents teach you about relationships? Good or bad. And this is, again, not to throw anybody under the bus. People are just doing the best that they can with what they got at the time. Yeah. Yep. But once you hit the age of 18, plug in, tap in. Who am I? Because it's your job. You're not responsible for what happened to you in childhood, but it is your job to heal those traumas. So think about it. Who are you? It's so funny because when we want to be a doctor, we know we got to school, we got to do this much schooling. When we want to be a lawyer, we got to do this much schooling. But when you want to know yourself, where do you go? Why is that? We don't focus on that. Figure it out. There's a lot of books, there's coaches. Okay, number two. It's almost my time. I got you, I got you, I got you, Miss Pam. All right, number two. Know what you want and how to get it. Because here's the thing, if somebody would have asked me at 12, what kind of relationship do you want, dysfunctional or healthy? Of course I would say healthy, but I didn't know how to get it. Because again, we're not studying relationships, why? The most important thing you can do for your life is knowing who you are, getting in better relationship with self, connected to God. But nobody is like, okay, so. We need to focus on that in class today, kids. We're gonna be thinking of self. Now, it's all about the history of America and blah, 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 blah. Things I, listen, my math class, I never use math. I have a calculator. And I'm not saying those things aren't important, but there's gotta be more importance on who you are, knowing what you want, and then how to get that. If you wanna start a business, they're gonna be like, all right, write out the business plan, read some business books, da, 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 da. 
But where do you go if you want to be in love? Who teaches you that? So that's one and two. Know who you are. Better than your favorite color is blue. Know what you want. Have the audacity to get it. And that, or <laughs> know what you want and how to get it. And then that's number three. Have the audacity to believe that you can get it. Because here's the thing. I'll say things like, you know what? I'm I'm done dating men with kids. I don't have kids. I just it's a personal thing. And people are like, girl, you ain't gonna find no man with kids or without kids. You ain't gonna find a man without kids. What you talking about? But now I've learned that only pe people speak from the lens of what they see, and that's it. And I now because that used to affect me. Now I say, oh really? You've met every man in this world. That's awesome. That's right. sucks for me, but I guess that's great for you because you've met a lot of people. <laughs> So I don't listen to them anymore. I have the audacity to believe that God will give me the desires of my heart. And I will also say this, because I know God more and because I have a closer yes. relationship with him, yes. my desires actually become his desires. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Good. So you can't tell me what I can and cannot get. You can't, you can't, you know, <laughs> you don't get to do that. So I have the audacity to believe that I can get what I want because I serve a good God yep. who's Amen. the beginning and the end. Yep. He created me. He knows exactly what I need. Yes, you right. don't. Right. That's right. But we feel bad. Oh my God, I feel bad because I just, I want to be, I want you to like me. So now I'm going to do the things that I have to do for you to like me. I don't care if you don't like me anymore. I don't care. I don't. Now, of course, I'm not going to be walking around here cussing people out and being whatever. I'm going to be as best as I can being a child of God. And even with that, listen, Jesus walked this earth for how long? 33 years? And people still didn't change. So why do I think I'm going to change you or make you like me? Everybody ain't going to like me. I'm not for everybody. Drink to that. That's right. <laughs> right. Again, write that down. Write that down. Leave the changing of people up to God. And when people don't like me, that's your personal issue. <laughs> All right, and number four, the fourth pillar, four pillars to living a successful single life. And listen, these pillars can be put in every situation because some of y'all may be married and some whatever, um, but you can still use these pillars. These are life pillars. They are. Yeah. But obviously, I just speak through the lens of singleness because that's where I'm at right now in my life. So let me do me. Okay. <laughs> and number four, the patience to wait for. Woo! We don't have patience. Yes, Patience yes, takes to, faith. Say that last one, you know and that is why you got to lean into that Holy Spirit. Yeah. We do not have, we are bad mm. at patience. That's right. Lord Jesus. Mm. <laughs> so whether I get married at 52 or 75, I will take it if it's from God. Amen. I got 75. Or never. Yeah. Or never. Right. Because that's not my purpose. My purpose is not to just be married to somebody's son. Yeah. And I got dogs. <laughs> and they just a mess. <sighs> so even if I never, that's part of that audacity mm -hmm. to believe that my life will still be meaningful yes, yes, with or without a man, yes, with or without kids. Amen. Because I've been sent here to be a light. To be like Jesus, and Jesus was never married. Oh my God! 
People love to throw, they love, this is what people love to say to me. Not so much anymore, because they know now I got a mouth and I will. <laughs> um, that's why you're going to be single forever. And I'd be like, I know, God, just like Jesus, just like Jesus. <laughs> they love saying that to me, like that's a dig and a dagger. And for some women it is, because they don't know themselves. They still are believing that they are being punished. It is a curse. Something is wrong with me because I'm single. Good. And I am here to dismantle that thought process. Amen. That's not what God said. It's not even promised in the Bible that you will get married. It's not. God's not like, okay, so every, there's not even, a, there's not even enough men and women, like the numbers don't match. Like, we need to take that more seriously. That is a hard thing to find somebody that you can live out the rest of your life with. That is hard. It's not some Disney princess where I'm Belle, he's the beast, and all I got to do is be what I need to be to bring a prince out of him. That's what Disney taught us. That's not how it works, though. That's not how any of this works. It's not. So again, leave the changing of people up to God. And we were talking about going from holes to wholeness. And I want you to know right now on this day, I stand in front of you as whole as I've ever been. Amen. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And one more disclaimer. I will never tell you I'm an expert in this area. I am just speaking from my lens and what I learned by being in an abusive relationship, by not knowing myself, by not having self-love for myself and not knowing how to set a boundary to save my life, girl. So just remember that I'm speaking from my lens. And after 18, 19 years of radio, September of 2020, I stepped down from my full-time radio job to focus on what God is calling me to do in this season. And this is it. I'm called to guide you, girl. I'm called to guide women who need to hear that singleness is not a punishment and you are worthy regardless of your relationship status. That's what I'm here for. So if that's you, I want you to share this episode, especially if I say something that resonates with you. Share it with a girlfriend. Sharing is caring. Also, can you subscribe to this podcast? You will be notified once a new episode drops. So definitely subscribe and rate. Rate this podcast. Okay, please. I don't know if you know how much it actually helps like a host like me, an influencer, how much a rating, a share, a like helps us. So please help this small business owner, me, Rika, that's me, <laughs> by rating this podcast as well. Lastly, my intro. Here's a fun fact. It comes from my old morning show. I used to have this morning show on a station here in the Tri-Cities called Power 99.1. And my friend, my co-worker, one of the greats in production land, James Tyler, he had made that for me for my morning show, the Just Me Rika show. And I was like, yo, on my podcast, I need that intro back. <laughs> and he made it for me. So thank you for that intro. Thank you for the production, James Tyler. Uh, of course, it was inspired by Beyonce. All right, girl, that's it. Thank you so much for listening to Single You, the podcast. And we'll talk on the next episode.